Absolutely powerful. I mean, that's just right where it is. Well, it's all probably already almost 11 o'clock, so obviously I'm not going to uh, go as normal. But I do feel something in my heart that the Lord would have me uh, present to you in a, in a short form. So hopefully you will be able to receive the word. Just want to a little mention a few things about life. Life in general, I mean, like you can hear some babies crying. So whoever that is, they've got this uh, demand every day to take care of a child. Um, maybe your children are like these up here. Not quite that little, but still every day. Uh, we have all these cares of life. We have work. We have vehicles. Um, so, you know, we've got yards to cut and various things that go on that break. Rumors about work and this and jobs and sickness. And then you're planning on maybe if you're in school, maybe you're going to graduate this year from high school. Or maybe you're just leaving grade school, going into junior high or leaving high school and going into college or even planning on getting married. You've got all these various things going on. Or sometimes you have somebody with bad health and struggling and maybe they're going to die. So life has all various realms of things going on among us. I want you to look at Luke. We're going to look at Luke 21, verse 34. We're going to look at it actually in three different translations. First, we're going to read the, the King James, and he says, Take heed to yourselves. Okay, now this is what we want to do this morning. We want to take heed to ourselves. So if you're going to elbow anybody, elbow yourself. Okay? Take heed to yourselves, at least at any time, your hearts be overcharged. Our hearts, and we are living in a day and age where our hearts can be overcharged. I mean, man, if you wanted to and had the money, you could buy a ticket and you can be in L.A. in about five hours. I mean, that's amazing. You can travel almost uh, over 2,000 miles in five hours and be in a whole different place. I mean, you could jump on a plane and be in Rome, Italy, in about nine hours. It's, we can just do everything. We can uh, be overcharged, it says, with uh, surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life. And so that day come upon you unawares. Unawares. Now we're going to look at this in the New King James, I think we got next. Is that right? Here it is. It says, but take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing. Okay, giving a little better, clear maybe definition with of than King James. With carousing or drunkenness, you can get drunk on the cares of the world. You can get drunk on sports and various fashions and things and um, Michael Jackson and all that. We get drunk on things as a nation. And the cares of this life and that day come upon you unexpectedly. And the last one, the New Living's translation simply says, Watch out! Watch out! Don't let me find you living in careless ease and drunkenness and filled with the worries of this life. I mean, this life does have some worries. It does. Uh, we're just talking to the, to the shepherds and how they went through with Aiden. And remember, we prayed for Aiden, had all these various things that was pointing bad. Well, it all came back good. It's all wonderful. They got a terrific praise report. But the worries of this world sometimes can become uh, overwhelming. And, and God says, watch out. Don't let me find you living in careless ease and drunkenness and filled with the worries of this life. Don't let that day catch you unaware. Unaware. 
No matter where you're at in life. No matter whether you're sitting there and hoping that uh, Bobby asks you to go steady. I mean, even in that realm of life, do you understand that things can consume us? Or whether you're going to make cheerleading this year. Or the football team. Or whether your work is going to lay you off. All these different realms of life and areas of life can overwhelm us and sometimes cause us to be drunk on the cares of the world and things that we get into and do. And and then those Cincinnati Bengals maybe this year. And Now it's all right, obviously, to root for a team and to plan to get married. It's exciting and to think what I want to be in life. God, what should I do? What direction? And school and... Even plan on retirement and maybe just backing up a little bit, taking a little bit of ease. It's all that stuff's all right in its place and in its order. Out of order, God throws this scripture out there and says, watch out! Because there is a day coming. There is. And that's what we want to look at. We want to look at as briefly as I can, respect of time, on this day. And here we are in the midst of summer. And summer almost seems to compound all this. I mean, it gets early now at 6 in the morning and gets dark at 9 o'clock at night. I mean, that's a lot of time to play. That's a lot of time to get caught up in the things of this world and carelessness. And sometimes we put God on a, a back burner. We don't want Him off the burner. But we just kind of slide them in the, in the back of the foreground of various things that are going on in life. And then that child needs fed again. And that car has a tire going. And, and so these things seem to just consume us. And sometimes uh, just fill us with so many cares of this world that we lose concept of what's really important. No matter how old you are. And God says... It's that day. There is that day is coming. Okay? And all through the Word of God, God warns us about that day. That day. He warns us so that we will take preparations so that we are not caught unaware concerning that day. Now let's look at Revelations 10. We're going to read six verses. It says, And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head. And his face was, as it were, the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book open, and he sat at his right foot upon the, and he set his right foot upon the sea, and his left foot upon the earth. And he cried with a loud voice, as when a lion roareth. And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth, lifted up his hand to heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever and ever. Meaning, you can count on this. You can bank this. He's swearing by Almighty God to Him that lives forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are therein, and the earth and the things that are therein, there, 
therein are, and the sea, and the things which are therein, that there should be time no longer. That time is coming. Whether you're wanting Bobby to ask you for a friendship ring, or to be steady, or if you're going to be the cheerleader, or you're planning on going to the movies tonight, or you're figuring out what classes, what way you should aim in high school, or in college, or in work, whether you just found a job, whether you're working towards retirement, getting closing in on retirement. God says there's coming a day when there's going to be no more time. No more as you and I know it. No more as we experience it here in America. No more. And you and I are run by time. Some of you could be just wondering how long I'm going to go right now since we had so much because you've got a place you have to be. And God says there's coming a time where you're going to have no place to be but before me. And so God warns His people over and over. God does everything, the Scripture says, in fullness of time. His timing. And sometimes getting caught up in the life and the, of this, that, that we have in this world and caught up in various things, even on raising our children, which is a good thing. You could be caught up unaware of that day, God says. And we have a kabillion, quadrillion, chameleon distractions in this land called America. You have quadrillion places you could be right now doing something. Almighty God constantly warns His children, warns them. He says in Hebrews eleven seven, by faith. That's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things what? Not seen. That's what faith is. You know that you know that you know, even though you can't see it. And so here, throughout the Word, we're going to look at God. I'm going to show you how God warns His people. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark, to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heirs of the righteousness which is by faith. When God spoke, this is hard for you and I to imagine or even to understand. When God spoke to Noah and told him about rain, it was going to rain. Do you understand that there was never ever anything such as rain in the life of Noah? He had no, like I could say to you, do you understand that next week it might rain? And you have an idea what I'm saying. You've been in rainstorms. You have seen rain. You can see what the rain can do. You have an idea. Noah had no clue what God was talking about. Rain? What's he mean rain? But he was moved with fear, a reverent fear to obedience to the Word of God, moved by faith. By things not seen, having no concept what rain might do to the saving of his household. So God warned Noah. We see that. Simple as plain can be. He warned Lot and his family. God's into warning his people, aren't you? I mean, aren't you when your children go somewhere, no matter how old they are? 
You know, if they're taking a long drive, you say, be careful, take it easy. Every once in a while, pull off. Did you check them tires? How about that oil? You just want to give them as much warning to keep them safe as possible. And so God comes to Lot and his family in Genesis 19:14. It says, And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. Now, they didn't take his warning very serious, but I want you to see there's coming a time, and it's upon us. You're in it. I don't know if you're going to get married this year. I don't know if that's going to happen. That's how prevalent, that's how serious, that's how close God's Clock is ticking. Plan for it. Build it upon the rock. But I don't know if God will spare you the time to do it. To graduate from college. To find that job. To visit Mexico. To check out London. I don't know. If he will. He warned the Israelites under the Egyptian slavery. Warned them. That the angel of death would kill the firstborn. God is in the warning His children. Warning His people. <clears throat> Not making you obey, but He's warning you and telling you, Look, sit up straight. Watch out. Pay attention. Don't get caught up. And so He warns His children over and over and over. Raise them in the admonition of the Lord. Raise them as time will go on, but don't get caught up unaware of that day, the Bible says. God said in Exodus, For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your house. To smite you. So he gave you a warning. Back then, think of it now. Think. Wherever you're at in life, if God comes and says, I'm sending the death angel, he's going to smite the firstborn in your house unless you apply the blood to the doorposts and the lentil that goes over the door. Because God says, when I see that blood... I will pass over you. Now, you and I know what that means now. We've seen the fulfilling of Christ, the, the, the Lamb that was slain. And when God sees the blood applied to your life, you are secure and safe. But there was something you had to do back then. You had to hear the warning, precede the warning, and then you had to be moved. Moved with fear to do something. Oh my gosh, the death angel. And so you go and prepare that lamb and you get the blood and you apply it to your door. Now, if you did not, you died. God paid the price, gave you the plan, encourages you, tells you there's cursing and blessing before you, even tells you choose blessing, but you got to do it. You have to do it. You have to stay alert in this groggy summer 
of things to do and people pulling and places to go. And then we're going to the lake and then we're going to swimming and then we're going on vacation and then we're. And all that's okay. But you better stay alert. Stay awake. He warned the wicked people of Nineveh. <clears throat> of God's coming judgment. Send the prophet Jonah. Remember? Sent him to this city, this great wicked city. And he walked through the city proclaiming the word of God. Bellowing it out. For those to hear and to make a decision to move, to make some type of plans in their life. Jonah 3.4 says, And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. And he cried and said, Forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Forty days. Forty days. So time is about to be no longer. As we know it. What are you going to do when that time stops? Your work's not going to be important. You know, as you try to work your way up in life, and it's just not, not going to be important. It's the same as when... Whether you're old or not, the doctor comes and says, you have a terminal disease. You have four weeks. You have six months. You have less than a year. What matters to you then? Who's going to be in the Super Bowl? I mean, what matters? See, all of a sudden you're and you're like, oh my gosh, talk to my cousin and pray with my cousin in Detroit. He's a believer. Got horrible news. He's believing God, trusting God for a miracle. But he's got horrible news. And he said to the doctor, he said, what are you telling me? And you know how doctors, they'll never really come out and say, and my cousin's very bold. He said, come on, you got to come up. What are you telling me? Should I get my house in order? And he said, uh, yes, you need to get your house in order. And that's why God gives us these warnings. He's telling us that this system, this life that we're even trying to raise our children in is terminal. It's terminal. It's not going to come back to life when God decides to stop it. That's why Matthew 24, and this is what I'm urging you to do. Okay, whatever you're into, I'm not saying it's horrible, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's a waste of time, but the only way that I know to be able to help you to sustain the various things that might come in our life is for you to start building up your time of praying, your time of coming to the Lord, your time of seeking Almighty God. Our Wednesdays, come Make that part. Make it a habit. Now, if you work, I understand all that kind of stuff. But if you do not, make it a habit. Because in that, you will receive that which God will give us by faith to sustain that which is coming. Road signs are all over the place. 
I have often prayed for years, God, if this is what you want me to do, and I would tell God, and this is not a joke, I'm not being super humble, I said, God, I am dumb. You made me from dirt, God. You understand? I'm just dirt held together by you. So if you're telling me something, I need a big road sign. As if I'm going to Columbus and I see that big sign. By the way, God, it needs to reflect and you need to light it up. Telling me 70 west. Then I know I'm heading in the right direction. And I believe God gives us road signs. Tons of them. Tons of them. And so God says in Matthew 24, watch therefore. That means pray. Understand, plan. Plan your life. Plan those great things. That if you are planning on getting married, and I know we have some here. We just married someone yesterday. That is a wonderful thing. It is a beautiful thing. It is something to be so excited about. Plan for it. But have this above it. Watching. Watching, therefore. God, we are planning to get married. And if you give us time, we will build up another home, another life in this county, in this city to serve you. But we are not going to be caught unaware. So God says, watch therefore. He says, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. We don't. But know this, that if the good men of the house had known in, in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched. It would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Then he goes on and tells us, therefore be, you, be ye also ready. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. For you know not what hour your Lord doth come. We don't know. Okay? But the signs, the labor pains, the groaning of our nation and economy and morality and government, the groanings. Man, they're so loud. And I think God wants me to just warn you. Pay attention to what's going on. Sit up straight when God talks. Focus on Him. Turn other things off. Sometimes I'm reading things that are so important, I turn everything off. I get distracted, even godly music on. I'll cut it off. And then I'll read it again. And then I'll reread it again. Or if I'm listening to a message, I'll back it up and say, What did you say? I missed that again. Say it again. Focus. Listening to the news off and on, told you before, can't take a whole lot of it, but listening to it, heard these people speaking, no one has an idea when Iran is going to be able to go nuclear. Some say within a year, I've heard some say within five years, but I heard this one guy say, I think it's been two months. I'm like, whoa, what? All of a sudden, I'm down in. It doesn't matter who the Steelers drafted. It doesn't matter that this team is now the champs. He said, he said, what? He said, two months. I'm going August, September. 
He also went on to say, and I believe this, that ever since we have elected a new president and a new administration, all those countries that really don't like us, North Korea and Iran, have been doing this to America. And we're not doing nothing back. We're not doing anything back. It's just the way it is. I don't care if you voted for him or you didn't vote for him. That's just what's happening. It's God's timetable. We're not doing anything. So they're going, <laughs> they're not going to do anything. On the 4th of July, we're celebrating our independence, freedom, hot dogs, softball games, volleyball games, swimming poles. And North Korea is going, shoot, number two off. Number three, it shot seven, seven of them. This happened to be on the 4th of July. No, that was, what are you going to do about it? And we did nothing, nothing about it. Iran has already stated that his intentions is to what? Wipe Israel off the face of the earth. You're living in this time. They had an election. It was fixed. They're riding in the streets for freedom that America tried to bring them. They're saying for the first time in life, where's my vote? And they would hold up their purple finger or thumb that they used. And they're shooting them down. If it's true, within two months, if they have the capability... And North Korea. And America's not going to do nothing. Doesn't seem like it. What's going to happen? Well, this is what I look for in the paper almost every day or in the news. Israel's going to do something. And they're not going to wait for America to say, is it okay? Is it okay? They're just going to do it. They are. Someday, maybe when we're sleeping, up's going to go their stealths, and they're going to hit North Korea, or they're going to hit Iran at the same time. They're going to hit their nuclear stuff. It doesn't matter who the Steelers drafted, or if the Reds are going to make a push for the pennant. wonder what life's going to be like when that happens. It's going to happen. Israel's already looked at us and went, Man, you don't have my back anymore. It's going to happen. Israel will strike Iran and North Korea. Now, I wonder what's going to happen after that. I don't know. No clue. I wonder if everything's going to go, if life's going to be totally different. Only your relationship with God and praying. Now, maybe because God is merciful and long-suffering. Maybe it won't be for a while. But what I'm saying is, you need to take that for a while 
however long that for a while is, and start praying. Come together as a church and start. What are we going to do as a church? What will we do? We can't panic. We've been told about this ever since we've been saved. It's creating that relationship with God when you have no clue what's going to happen or how to solve it. And you just pray. That's what I'm telling. That's the warning I believe God is wanting to give you. If you've been blown off Wednesday, you need to start making it an appointment to come to start praying because that's what we do just worship God and then we pray every Wednesday worship a little and then pray and say God I don't want earthly wisdom I don't want earthly understanding what am I going to do God as a pastor when Israel takes off what am I going to do what am I going to say to them And so I believe God is just simply giving us time again. You see, Noah had to do something. He had to build an ark to the saving of his family. The ark is a type of Jesus. All those that went into Jesus, all those that went into the ark were saved from the flood. You have to do something. And I know that work, you just work. And that's fine. I understand that. But I'm just talking about the cares of life. This baseball game, that softball game, this dance, this whatever, whatever. It's just whatever they are. You're holding those grandchildren. God even says, when that day comes, pray that it's not winter so you can run and escape. I want it to be sober this morning. I want you to start looking at yourself in the mirror of the Word of God. Because God has a secret pavilion. God has... A high tower that he says, run to. And the only way we run to that, when it happens, you can't come here and say, is that tower on 77 South? Where, where is that? No, that tower is by faith in the Word of God and in prayer. In prayer. You want to go out for the football team? Go out for the football team. I'm not telling you, I'm not asking you to become a monk and live under a bridge and do nothing. What I'm saying is, get a hold of God. Let God sustain you in the midst. God knew that you and I would be alive at this time. He planned it that way. It's in the fullness of time. And God knows what he's doing. Are you scared? Are you frightened? 
There's only one way to get over the scares and the frightens, and that's to take it before God. Have a little bit of time and say, God, I believe this. I see it in the news, and I don't have any idea what we're going to do, but I am going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. By faith, if you're able, start coming on Wednesday. And let's start getting serious about praying that we will be able to sustain and stand in the midst of whatever is going to happen because something will happen. It's inevitable. It's building to that way. And I believe that you all understand that. But most of us don't like to face it and look at it. Mike, could you please come and... This is what we're going to do as we kind of just wind down. I know that Keith and Amber are planning on getting married in October. Chad and Kylie in September. That's awesome. That's great. But come before God and say, God, no matter what, we're going to live for you. We're going to live our lives for you. Put in us what needs to be put in us so that our marriage not only can be filled with the love of God, but it will be based on the word of God. And we will stand no matter what happens. Those of you that are holding the little babies... And, man, sometimes I just hug my grandchildren tighter when I'm thinking about this. I don't go to Isaac. Do you understand? No, he doesn't understand. But I just hold him and squeeze him and trust my God's going to take care of him. Let's stand, please. All the time, our walks need a maintenance program. They need fine-tuned. Spark plugs need cleaned. Oil needs changed. Summer, sometimes we're distracted and we're pulled away. I just think it's very important for us to pray together as a church. We've set Wednesday aside for that. Some of you are going on vacation. Have a blessed, wonderful vacation. Ruth is taking off to L.A. in a few days. Have a wonderful, safe time. But let's keep everything in perspective. Let's keep it the way God says. It's remember, there is that day coming. And God, if it's in our lifetime. Lord, when it, when it comes and if it's in our lifetime. We want to be lifesavers for others that are being drowned in fear, worry. And we want to say, Jesus will help you. But you can't be panicked and running. And in your own, you don't have that strength to face. It's a supernatural strength that God will give you. Supernatural peace. Supernatural understanding. And all this little silly stuff. Is to die. Fall away.
So we're going to give you opportunity to come to the altar and just talk to God. You're planning a picnic with your family. Talk to God. Lay it at the feet of God today and go enjoy your family. Okay, Michael. Our altars are open. I hope you come.